That's okay. I forget to do that all the time, too. Pressing the buttons. You got to press the buttons. Hey, at least I pushed them, though. You I, did. I got there. You did. <laughs> I only had to wave at you like I was waving waving down a F-14 passing by. Well, see, normally I don't I don't yeah. control the the, uh, the computer yeah. stream buttons, but I think I'm doing a good job today. You are doing a good job. I think I'm doing I it. I think we're both doing a good <laughs> job. I did a good job just getting here on time. That's my thing. <laughs> GS, Plumbing Talking, GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. We are streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and we are also on the app formerly known as Twitter. And the podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. And wherever you can find your podcasts. I was going to talk about the grim aspect, but let's talk about another aspect because this happens here today. This It doesn't happen with me because I'm immune from that because I lived in a different time. This is for you, children. This is for you, Gen Zers, you, some of you millennials that may find yourself in this. I see I, and I hear about people scrolling through the dating apps. This is the way you begin your courtship. You find, you're, you're trying to pair off. You want to find somebody else. Maybe you just want to go out. Maybe, you want, maybe you're looking for that certain special someone. And um, this did not happen when I was younger. When I was younger, I actually spoke to people. I actually made eye contact with people. I would find I would find enough time to get to know them enough to find some sort of common interest. And if this was a female and I wanted to take her out, I would simply say, "Would you like to go out?" And there was only going to be one of two answers. It's going to be yes or no. And if it's no, well, that's not soul crushing. I know for a lot of people, being rejected, that's rejection. It's not rejection. It's just no, right? Everybody is not interested in everybody else. That's just not the way it is. And uh, here we have a bunch. We we exist today in a world with a lot of lonely people, and they're trying to connect with others. But if your first way of connecting with somebody is with online chat, well, there's going to be no hormonal reaction. There's not, not going to be any sort of a physical touch involved in this. And those things actually come into play. And I'm not talking, you know, you know, you reach out and say, hi, my name is Bill Frady, and you shake, their, shake her hand. You look, in her, you look in her eyes, you try to see if there's some sort of thing. See, there's this thing called chemical attraction. There's this, you know, if you, you, you got to have that. And you'll know. You'll know. You will know. So I, I don't see that happening now. The dating apps, just like all of the other apps, like Facebook, they all claim to work off of this algorithm, which is this thing where we're going to put in your data, and it's going to chew it up, and then it's going to assemble it, and then we're going to match you with somebody with likewise data. However, the algorithms are only as good as the people that write them. The algorithms are not organic. They're not grown. They're not nurtured. They don't grow up and become algorithms. They're a, they come out of somebody's head, and they're put down on paper, then they're put into a system, and then that's your dating app. You just got to tell the computer your favorite food, whether you drink or smoke, and presto change 
your the digital matchmaker is going to send you a list of perfect partners to choose from, and then you start swiping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You start swiping. And my understanding is that the guys pick girls more often than the girls pick guys. Right. I, I've seen representations on, on various things like on YouTube and TikTok where they get out there and they're like, how much would your perfect man make for a salary? Well, how old would he be? 21 to 28. And how much money is he going to make? Um, at least $300,000 a year. Yes, yeah, I don't. I don't understand it either. Because even even me, like you know, um, I never. I mean, I never had a problem talking to girls. I just <laughs> just go up and talk to them. So like, I don't understand. I never understood the the dating apps either. Well, I mean, we're not members of the praying mantis community where the females kill the males after they, you know. So I mean, we 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 can or, or go black, in there. Black widows. Black yeah. widows. We can go in there completely unafraid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's like you said. I mean. If she says no, she says no. It's not a big deal. On to the next. On to the next. I mean, yeah. it's probably a, a favor of various sorts because, once again, not everybody's attracted to everybody else. You want somebody that's going to be interested in you. And you yeah. can't find out how interested they are by getting online and doing it on your phone. Your phone is not the end-all, be-all of every connection out there. Mm -hmm. It is. It, it's good for certain things. I have a smartphone for one reason and one reason only because with my email here – I have to authenticate when I sign in and it sends it to my phone. And if it weren't for that, I would find a way to get one of those flip phones with the big buttons for people with bad eyes. Yeah. I'd get one of those. I, miss, I would get one of those. I miss my razor. I yeah. miss that thing. <laughs> we, and the, the sad thing is the dating landscape used to be an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. You had your group of friends, and they'd find out you had a new girlfriend. And then when you got with your boys later on, <laughs> they'd be like, so how's it going, man? You enjoying that? How do you like this girl? And all this other stuff. And she would talk to her friends, too. Yeah. And it would be almost – it would be like a community thing. Yeah. And it, everybody knew what everybody was doing, and we were all pairing off and all this other stuff. Now it's quite sterilized. Yeah, it just almost – and I have friends, uh, you know, because I'm technically a millennial. I'm in that age range. Um, I have friends that are afraid – to go on dates now. Like, they're just absolutely terrified of it just because, you know, they don't know who they're going with. And if now, I guess because society is demasculinized, I guess that's the word. Well, in certain places, not with me. <laughs> not with me. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, with the way society views men now, um, you know, they say one thing and, like, <laughs> she's, like, making a scene or, or something on, on their first date. You know, like, so a lot of, a lot of the guys I know, they're just kind of like, you know, yeah, kind of screw it. I don't really want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, and I just count my lucky so, stars cause I'm you, married and among the gen, among <laughs> the gen Zers, among the gen Zers, you know, men, Caucasian men are, con we're the patriarchy. Right. So the young Caucasian men are the up and coming patriarchy. So they're regarded by the up and coming young women as the oppressors. So uh, a lot of the young men are getting away from dating. This is just what I've read. I don't know that many Gen Zers at all to ask them, but this is what I've read about them. And a, a lot of the young women, that the new thing now is you're going to you're going to have a lot of cats when you get older. That's what a lot of people say about these females, and that's just sad. Yeah, that's terrible. But you know, back in the day, you would go out there, you'd go, you you would ask the prettiest cashier at the place where you worked, which I was a grocery store bag boy. I'd ask the prettiest <laughs> cashier out. I had my new Boston. H-track tape. I had an 8-track tape player that was wired into an external source from the power in my 69 Toyota. 
<laughs> and that thing, that thing ran even when I crashed the car and totaled it. It still played. After the impact, Walk This Way started with, uh, with Aerosmith as I'm sitting there in my wrecked car. That was my, that was my plans. I, we were going to go listen to music. We were going to go out. I, I lived in Anderson, so Lake Hartwell's right there. We could go out to the lake and look at stuff. And I lived on the side of uh, Anderson that I think now is sort of a war zone. It wasn't that way in the 70s, but, you know, <laughs> it was pretty nice back then. Hadn't changed that much except for the war zone part. I worked in, worked in nightclubs and bars because I, I DJed for 12 years. Well, so <laughs> down, down here. <laughs> it was at, always uh, nice. <laughs> what used to be Vaughn's at East North Street and what used to be, uh, I think, Tuesday morning. That was where a club called Tramps was, and I was a bouncer there. The only only place I ever worked out in Anderson was uh, the Wild Wings out there. I did that for a while. You had to be a bouncer at Wild Wings. No, I um, DJed there. DJ. Yeah, did karaoke for. Did you have bouncers at Wild Wings? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have alcohol and dancing, you're going to need a bouncer. Oh yeah, dude. At the Sparberg one, when I used to DJ there, they had like, like (laughs) fifteen, fifteen bouncers up there. See, at Tramps, we were expected to dress nice and all this other stuff. So then when we got in a fight, we ruined a good pair of pants, a good shirt, a good necktie, you know. But that's what they expected us to do. We had to look the part. That was a, that was a great time. That was a great time in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, ladies' night at Tramps. There used to be all kinds of interaction. We didn't have any smartphones. Had a blast. It's just, it's just sad. I weep for you, young people. Get out there and meet each other. Now we're going to go to the Grim Options. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Also on the app formerly known as Twitter, whichever one of those may be your cup of tea. And podcasts. Well, that's the wave of the future. And, uh, well, I've got three of them for you. You can look at Straight Talk or Lock and Load or Gun Owners News Hour. All available on the free Odyssey app and wherever podcasts are made available. I'm going to tell you, the difference between a military target and a terrorist target. A military target involves military assets, whether they're people or, or, or apparatus or buildings or weapons. And a terrorist is just looking for somebody to kill, preferably a non-combatant because they don't like engaging people that can fight back. Now, the, the October 7th attack, there, there, there's a lot of high points on this where you look at that and you just say, this is an aberration against humanity. Like the, dan- the, the, the Nova Trance Dance Festival that was going on. Now, I sit here all the time and I'm like, children, wake up. Become aware. Understand what's going on around you. And as I say that, I also understand that they're not. <laughs> they're not yet. There's going to have to be some sort of a moment for them. To, to come to this to where they start to see things the way they are. So in the interim, while they're doing that, going to a dance festival is not a bad way to go because the music's pretty good and uh, they, they have a little bit of fun and they, they do some things just like we all did when we were young. And when a bunch of savages come in on parasails and start lighting them up with various versions of the AK, 
and killing them and raping them and then killing them and then taking some of them hostage and raping them and then killing them and then videoing them, send them out there. Um, this is these guys are animals. So then the appropriate response to them is to seek them out. And understand this about the Islamic thought pattern. When this, when this starts, when they start getting in a position where they're about to get eradicated from the face of the earth, then they step up and say, we would like to negotiate a truce. And they're not trying. It isn't because they seek peace. They seek time. They seek time so that they can regroup and so that reinforcements can come to them, and they're going to use this time to get out there and use the media to their advantage. Now, two days after this happened, Israel decided to step up, and they shut off the water and the gas and the electricity supplies, and the world leader jumped up and down. This is untenable. It is a humanitarian crisis. And Israel has partially restored the water supply. So I ask you this, if you're one of these sympathizers out there of, of Hamas, uh, what do you expect Israel or anybody put in this position to do? I can tell you what happens if I'm put in that position. It's a, it's a damn good thing I'm not in charge of nothing. Because I would be doing some things that you can't even imagine. I mean, there's certain things you have to do. You have to do, put your logistics in place and get everything in place before you go do it. But I would be doing that right now. And for all I know, Israel's doing that right now. You don't need 300,000 reservists to do this, but the more the merrier. Because this is, now you got to go in there and get rid of the vermin. Now, so far, the air raid thing, which we've all got to see, and we've seen the big, we've, we've seen the penetrating bombs pop, you know, break the, break the buildings and they fall down and they, you know, they look like something out of one of those uh, demolition videos. We've, we've seen all that. That is actually relatively tame. Because nobody has ever won in combat simply by establishing air superiority. All they do is they say, we're in charge of the air and you don't get to take it, but you still got that ground. Combat is about acquisition of real estate and holding it. Now, while they get out there and the common narrative is uh, that Israel does this kind of thing to them all the time, when when, give me a date and time, give me a date and time where it was not pre provoked because Israel, I kind of think is just in a sort of want to live and let live sort of situation. They don't want to be in combat. Nobody wants to. And the fact that right now, as we look at this, we look at the Jewish population of Israel and we're saying, oh, well, we're not Jewish. Well, no, Israel is the little Satan. America is the great Satan. So yes, we're not, it's not that we're not a target. We're just not the closest, easiest target. We are definitely a target. Now, Egypt and China have gotten out there and they're calling this collective punishment. And uh, Human Rights Watch claims Israel, Israel's response and the sheer number of resulting Gazan casualties will constitute, everything they've done would constitute a war crime. Um but look at who the UN has on their on, on some of their councils, like the Human Rights Council and some of these other things. They got a lot of bad players. So I mark UN as an unserious entity. Who else is going to bring the war crimes against them? Now, unless the Gazan people 
rise up against Hamas, there's going to be civilian casualties. As long as the and I, I know that some of the civilians are uh, some of the civilians are trying to get out, and the, the Hamas has taken their uh, taken their car keys and won't let them go and everything. And by the same token, I know that Egypt and Jordan won't take them either. So, un, un, under all of this stuff, when you sit out there and you understand the grim reality of the way the world is today, um, there's not a lot of options out there. Hamas has got to go. And even, even if, uh, even if we get rid of all of Hamas in Gaza, We've got some here now that we get to worry about. It is a this is a this is a cooking grenade, and uh, it's here. Thank you, Joe Biden, the resident of the United States. Thank you so much for this gift that you have given the terrorist world. And you need to wipe. Out of your mind. Well, it's just the Jewish people. They, you know, the Jewish people, they've always been after the Jewish people. No, it's not just the Jewish people. It's not the great Zionist, Zionist thing that you're target too, America. You are the big target. You're the prize. What could be better? If they do, if they did what they did on October the 7th here, just imagine any suburb that you might live in with a bunch of with a bunch of Hamas guys going door to door. Killing everybody there, setting the place on fire, going to the next house. Like trick-or-treat from hell. That's what they want for you. That's the outlook they see. They sit back and they think about they dream about this. They've got plans to do it. They've already executed plans. I mean, what you saw in Israel, that was a dry run for what they want to do here. And then you got a lot to worry about because we exist in a world run by the Democrats and they have vilified the police and we don't have enough police and the, the military is running around with daffodils coming out of the end of their weapons. So uh, I don't know how much of a response they're going to be. So guess what? It all comes down to you. And you can sit back and you can be indifferent to it. That's, that's perfectly okay. I understand that. I, I understand the indifference, but... Uh, the only problem with this is they will not be indifferent to you. Now, one of the things that has come out, now that everybody thinks they can be something else, now the new thing coming, the new trendy thing coming down the road, is they're going to decide that there's no such thing as a race. <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, there's an understanding you have to come to. Sometimes you have to deal with the cards you're dealt. And if you're unable to uh, deal with that, then you are going to have to make certain compromises along the way. But, hey, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Right now I'm in studio doing that, which makes my, my head looks like a, a beer keg on shoulders in that camera angle, doesn't it? 
<laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't say that. Not a beer keg? Maybe a small a mini keg? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't have a whole lot of time to uh, angle that thing. Oh, so. well, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're watching the radio show, just understand that neither me nor Maestro here, we're not Cecil B. DeMille. We're just making it happen. Yeah. In the new media. Um, podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. Now, understand this. We're all born unique, and we all come from a cert certain sort of genetics that is inescapable. And one of them have to do with the fact that we are different races. This is what makes a, the world a great place to be. We're all human, no doubt about it. We're all human. But at the same time, we, we, we have varying degrees of this and that, and that's what makes everybody special. Now, Washington Post has run an article with a curious title called Race Isn't Real, Science Says. Advocates want the census to reflect that a small but vocal group of professionals and academics imagine a future where categories don't matter. We've already seen that kind of thing happen before. In North Korea, there's only like five or six haircuts available to the men, or, and I think 11 or 12 available to the women. They all have to dress a certain way, and they all have to uh, act a certain way. And if you don't, well, you get lined up in front of an anti-aircraft gun, and they trigger off a burst at you, and you're just, there's no body left. You don't have to worry about any burial. And um, this wanting to, you know, wh where is this coming from? Supposedly, race is an artificial construct scientifically... But then, if you claim there's no racism in the United States or that you are colorblind, you're ostracized by the same people that say, well, there's no race. So if there's no race, how can there be racism? Now, if I get to pick my race, I already know what I want to be. You want to know what I want to be? I want to know what you want to be. I want to be a Kryptonian-Vulcan hybrid. <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be able to fly and have logic at the same time. And uh, if, if I can't have that, then I don't want to play. What's the point of it? I can walk around, you know. Um, when, you, when you get out there and you start wanting to play the race card and at the same time, but there is no race, uh, once again, this is the leftist. This is the leftist mindset at work <laughs> where they can get out there and say, well, none of this matters. Well, I listen, I agree. I've been living that way my whole life. It's a double negative. It's a double negative. I was bust into a black neighborhood in the 70s. I didn't know it because I was having too much of a good time because yeah. I was in junior high school and it was great and it was fun and everything. And I mean, Dewey Lemons and I went to the same junior high school and I think he would tell you the same thing that we, we had a blast while we were there. We didn't know that we were being bussed into a, uh, you know, a black community, nor did we care. Yeah. And we just got along with everybody there. How about that? What a thing. We mm -hmm. had Hispanic people there. Then we had Asian people there. Then we had black people there. Then we just got along with everybody because you know what? We all went to Hopkins Junior High School. Yeah. It's only recently that all of this has become a thing. I mean, it used to be that uh, we were left, left, uh, left alone to our own devices to make up our own minds. But getting out there and trying to on, on the one hand, they want to play ID politics. If you're black, you're a victim. If you're this, you're a victim. If you're white, you're an oppressor, right? But then how can I be a pre an oppressor if race doesn't matter? How can be, they be a, my victim if race doesn't matter? This is very confusing for me. Without any help prior to there ever being a CNN, 
humans managed to make their way around much of the globe very early in their in the development and settle in relatively isolated civilizations. And our skin color would change in response to the environment in which we lived. And I slept through every one of my genetics classes. So I'm not a geneticist, but it seems impossible that at least some of that information isn't buried away in our DNA. Otherwise, all babies would just be born with random features. The other problem is that and I, I don't particularly find this appealing, but at the same time, it's a fact. Certain races are susceptible to certain medical conditions. And this makes it easier for medical science to make a diagnosis when you're coming in if you have something going on. And if there's no race, then all of that becomes a jump ball. I mean, it's, it's bad. Race may not be with us in a meaningful way forever. Because now, you know, if you are a if you're a black woman and you love an Asian man, you can get married. Nobody says anything about it. I have no issues at all with that at all. None. None. And uh, so, you know, that happens. This is the human condition. This is the human condition. The funny thing is, and this is a good thing about the texter. The texter comes in and says, tell Elizabeth Warren that. Uh, a lot of people want to be these so-called minorities, these so-called. Uh, and they're only minorities based on numbers, just numbers of where they are. They're only minorities because of that. It's not because they're inferior. It's just based upon a head count, really. But some people want to be, Rachel Dolezal, she wanted to be in minority. They see this as a leg up for some reason. Focahontas, she wanted to be, uh, you know, Native American. That's not a leg up. I, I guess part of the problem that I have is that I was in the military and when, you know, one of the reasons that the military is such a socialist thing is they cut off all our hair and give us the same suit to wear. So then we walk into the room. We're saying, where's that bald guy I was talking to earlier? <laughs> we're all looking at each other. We don't know who we are anymore. We have all changed. We're now soldiers. We're bald-headed soldiers. <laughs> but I hate to tell everybody this, but uh, I don't believe in ID politics, but I also believe, I truly believe in science, which science is just simply based on the truth, not your truth, not my truth, the truth. And science is an evolving thing. What is science today? That will evolve to something else as we get a little more advanced and we begin to understand more things on a deeper level. We don't right now, but we do know that there are different people from different places and they have different characteristics, and that's just the way it is. And why can't we accept that? Why do we have to get out there and say, well, you know, none of that matters? So from this point on, and uh, I, need, I need somebody in the art department to develop this for me. I want a Kryptonian Vulcan cat as my logo from here on out for the Frady Cats. I want the Frady Cat to be a Kryptonian Vulcan with an M60 and a microphone. Let's make that happen. I got till close of business today. Race doesn't matter. Just get on it right now, okay? Right on it. In Europe, they discovered something that everybody told them before. They, uh, Trump warned them about this in the, during the 20-teens. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The only thing stupider than not being prepared for an EMP attack is 
not having to suffer through an EMP attack and still having the same thing happen to you. One is self-inflicted. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 to Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. In Europe, which we should be paying attention to Europe because this is a good object lesson, um, the growing pain associated with the transition to, quote, green energy, close quote. Um, listen, solar power, solar power has its place, right? It has its place. In a no-power situation, I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about getting some solar panels today. In a, just to prepare for that. Uh, it has its place, but it is not yet mature enough to be the sole energy source, right? I, I have no problems with it when it matures, if it ever matures. Same with wind. The problem with wind power is you have to have wind. And we don't always have wind. Sometimes we have no wind. So then we just got these big propeller things in the middle of a field taking up space. Europe is finding this out. Once again, in Europe, which is a very modern country, it's a very, if you've never been to Europe, you don't know what you're, well, you shouldn't go now because, uh, well, it's almost Islamic in, in its nature, but it, what they have in place is a combination of ancient cities that have been modernized on the inside. It's a, it's a, it's a breathtaking thing to behold. And the fact that they are now in a situation where they become so beholden to this not yet mature technology so now they're going to have to sit in the dark because, and, and winter's, winter's on the way. And we get this from the Associated Press. Stalled spending on electrical grids worldwide is slowing the rollout of renewable energy and could put efforts to limit climate change at risk if millions of miles of power lines are not added or refurbished in the next few years. Millions of miles. Paris-based organization said in a report uh, Tuesday that the capacity to connect and to transmit electricity is not keeping pace with the rapid growth of clean energy technologies such as solar and wind. Electric cars and heat pumps are being deployed to move away from fossil fuels. Well, no, they're not going to be moving away from fossil fuels. What they're going to do is that it's everything's going to be powered at its central hub by fossil fuel. Now, the smart people will get out there and go nuclear. That's what a lot of Europe is doing. They need to start making new, modern nuclear power plants. Then you have reliable energy that doesn't depend on wind, and it doesn't depend on it being a sunny day. And you have uh, energy that has very little emissions. It, it's a win for it's a win-win. And for whatever reason, because that works, and because it doesn't, it's not going to bankrupt you to have these things. Well, they don't want you to have it. All of these complications that are going on right now, these were all completely avoidable because they were always going to be there. If everybody had electric cars right now, nobody would be driving because we don't have the capacity to charge them. And then our government, our government, all governments would do this, um, when they got down to this point where, okay, now our infrastructure can no longer contain all of our new electrical doodads. Uh, when these cars are plugged up, we need to start siphoning energy back out of them. We need to have that two-way energy built into them. Dear Ford, make sure every Ford Lightning has two-way energy built into it so that we can siphon that out when our, when our puppets, I mean, when the citizens are asleep. That email goes out. Hooking up to a grid is not that simple a thing as running an extension cord down to the nearest power line and plugging them in. These are not PlayStations that we're talking about. We're talking about uh, adapters and converters and 
Uh, all of this, by the way, has to be built with fossil fuel. All of it has petroleum chemicals built into it in order to make it if it has plastic. So everything out there that's green is not clean. None of it is. None. Then there's location. There's location. I mean, uh, I think, I can't remember which state it was. I think it might have been New York. New York just decided, well, no, we're not going to have an offshore wind farm. In order for electrical power to be useful, you have to get it from the source to where it's needed. That means for this green energy, it needs to be close to the proximity of where they're trying to power it. So putting it offshore is one of those things you could do where it's not actually taking up land. And at the same time, you can run the power in because it's close enough to, to, to do this. But if you can't even have it there, that's a problem too. Then if you want to if you want to play the well let's be real dumb game even if you leave aside all the logistical and installation costs wind and solar projects don't produce as much electricity as fossil fuel. So what you have with the green energy scheme is you're taking up more space producing less energy and it costs more. And it it doesn't meet the the demands of the grid. I'm not in on this one. <laughs> All right, on the text line, I'm being asked, would I prefer the M60 to the M249? I would prefer the M249, but I never ran it because it's lighter, and I had to run around with an M60 slung around my neck. I know what that's like. And I ended on that note, so I'll be back in about 22 hours. You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 